Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. So glad you're here today, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you. Whether you're walking your dog or you're in your car, you're running errands, or you're just trying to drown out all the work that you have to do, I'm just glad that you're here. I'm glad we're here together. And I've got a really important question for you today. If we are creatures of habit, why do you think we're creatures of a lot of bad habits? We do have some good ones, but why do you think that we've become creatures of a lot of bad habits and we've developed the bad versus more of the good. We've got habits of procrastination and avoidance and social media binges and doing the same things, eating the same things, surrounding ourselves with the same people, right? Why? Why? I bet it's probably a combination of some of these things. Like we don't have to engage. We didn't, we get to avoid work right? We find these habits that we can build that help us to distract ourselves from the work or the conversations or the projects that need to be worked on. We build habits so that we don't even have to think about it, right? It's that autopilot. We do things that we don't have to exert energy. We know we all have limited energy. And so we save our energy for certain things and we build habits around conveniences that help us to conserve this energy or make our lives easier. Or maybe we simply get to disconnect from reality because sometimes reality can be challenging and hard. Or perhaps it's because good food doesn't always taste as good as the bad food. It doesn't always look as good. It doesn't always taste as good. Maybe it's even a falsely rooted identity crisis that that we are living in, whether that is this um, false impression that that spending or or binging or comparing is going to elevate a certain level of, of status. So we create these cycles and we build these habits that allow us to continue doing so many of those things. And so much of it is obviously as a habit, right? It's unconscious. Or maybe it is sleep. Like we don't even know how to shut down anymore. So we have so much of a sleep crisis today. I was listening to something the other day and I cannot remember where I heard it. They were saying that many, many years ago that humans would sleep at least 10 hours a night. And that today it's somewhere between six if you're lucky, seven if you're super lucky, and maybe you're in this like top 0.000001% of people. They get any more than that, especially if you're a parent. But we have bombarded our minds with so many things that we've built these habits that have that have fueled us into the state of constant doing and given us this inability to shut down, to rest, to sleep. So I've got four questions. For you today. And I want you to think about each of these questions because I want you to become a better creature of habit and think about how you might be able to develop or change some of these habits wisely because there are a lot of good things that you do. There are a lot of good things that we all do. But wouldn't it be great if we could do a little self-assessment in 10 minutes or less to just help us gauge where we are and almost give a state of the habits and figure out what we're becoming rather than what we don't want to be becoming, but we are? So here are four questions that I want you to ask yourself today. Number one, what do I do almost every single day? Maybe it's every week 
the same way. What are the autopilot things that you are doing every day? These don't necessarily have to be bad or good. Just to create awareness around habits that you have that you don't even know that you're doing and autopilots that you've built. So things like making coffee or, or getting up early in the morning or um you know, for me, I try to connect with one person every day. Like life is busy, but maybe it's a text or a phone call or an email. Maybe it's your morning routine or your bedtime routine or what you wear every day. Maybe it's scrubs. For me, it is jeans. Like every single day, I'm you will find me in a t-shirt and jeans. So these, these habits and these things that you do every single day. So I want you just to think about that for a second and go through the morning from the moment you wake up and how you get out of bed, whether that's via an alarm or your spouse's alarm or the sunrise, if you are that fortunate to wait until the sun rises to get up in the morning, whatever that is, like go through your day from beginning of the day to how you approach work when you show up at work all the way through the moment that you go to bed. Because there are so many things that you do that you don't even realize you do the same way every single day. Like I said, these aren't necessarily bad or good, but more of awareness of these unconscious habits that you have developed. Second question, what do I avoid often? This could be certain people. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's neighbors. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Like This is a moment to be transparent because nobody else knows how you're answering this question except you. I'm just simply here to ask you the question. What do I avoid often? Is it certain things? Maybe it's exercising, responding to emails, going to these community events or these volunteer opportunities or things with the kids' school or whatever that might be. Or maybe it's you can phrase the question another way. If it's not something that you can immediately think of or there's not something that comes to mind that you avoid often, something or someone that you choose to disengage with often. Maybe that's exercise. Maybe that is reading. Maybe that is certain conversations because you're an introvert and that requires extroverted energy. Maybe it is certain family members. Maybe it's simply work. Like you avoid doing the work that has to be done. So that's question number two. What do I avoid often or choose to disengage with? I said, this is just a mere assessment and acknowledgement and getting these things out of your mind and almost sticking them to a wall on a notebook, whatever that is, just to really step out for a second and look in for a moment. Okay, question number three, have I built any habits that are unhealthy? I want you to think about this in the context of your marriage, your job, your relationships, your children, your colleagues, or maybe even your well-being. So let me ask the question again. Have I built any habits that are unhealthy for my marriage, for my job, for my relationships, my children, my colleagues, my well-being? When you put yourself 10 years from where you are today, maybe 20, maybe 30, maybe 50, and you look back today, and you look back at the season that you're in right now, what are the things that you're going to say, gosh, I wish I had done things differently So think about every one of those interactions and and places that you spend your time and relationships that you have, especially if you're married. That is such an important one, especially if you have a family, um, your job, your community, like those things that you could perhaps look back and say, I wish I would have done things differently. There might be one or two or three of these things. Like I said, it might be health. It might be 
your relationship, how you do your nighttime routine with your, your children or whatever that might be. But list these out or think of the things that come to mind. And then I want you, I want to challenge you after you have all of these things written down, I'm going to give you the fourth question, but I don't want you to answer the fourth question until maybe tomorrow, or maybe if you're listening to this in the morning, maybe it is tonight, because I want you to go back to your list because there are times where things surface that we hadn't necessarily thought about before, because I know And you know that you've got limited energy and limited time, and I want you to make changes wisely and thoughtfully and intentionally. So as you go back and reflect on these, you'll be able to go back and add to any of these first three questions as you move on to the fourth question, which is the most important one, because this is where the change starts to happen. And here it is. What is the one habit I can work on developing? to replace an old one or or build so that I can live more intentionally and without regret and become the person I want to be. So that one thing that I can work on developing that's going to you know, build a new one or replace perhaps an old one. And you've got to embrace that this is a process. This is not an event. Like a habit, I know there were all, was all this research once upon a time that it was like 21 days. And, and now you've probably read or heard that it takes a lot longer than 21 days. Like this is a process. It's not about perfection. It's about progressing in the direction that you want to go and taking this time to step back and reset and reset. So I, I want to make sure that you're, you're moving towards who it is that you want to become rather than settling into these unconscious habits that are moving you away from that. So whatever your one bad habit is that needs to be replaced or the one that you want to build is, I want you to think about how you're going to set this up for success. Here are some simple ways that you can do that. And this is really important because you wouldn't want somebody that you really care about or you wouldn't want to not set somebody up that you really care about up for success. So please don't do it to yourself. So number one is removing these triggers and temptations to fail, like fail proof, fail proof your your habit that you're trying to build. So maybe that is related to notifications on your computer, your email, your phone alerts. For a season, I know my spouse and I have spent various seasons where we keep our phone, whether it's in your car or hidden somewhere so that your time at night is strictly dedicated to what it's supposed to to go to. Um, Maybe for you, this might be scheduling a babysitter or scheduling the meeting, scheduling the meeting to engage people better at, at work or your your peers, or maybe it's your team, but getting that meeting on the calendar so that it is already, it's, it's harder to get out once it's scheduled. So scheduling that thing, making the reservation, moving your alarm so that you actually have to get up rather than sleeping with your phone under your pillow, which makes it so easy to just turn it off rather than getting up if it's getting up earlier that perhaps that you might need to change. Number two, engaging others in the process. This might be surprising to you, but people actually want to help you. People want to see you succeed and they want to help you move towards your goals. But so often we don't let people into our life. So share what it is that you're trying to work on. If it's your marriage, share that. If it's your health, share that. If it's your ability to be a better leader, share that. People want to help you. 
Sharing might be with coworkers. It might be with accountability groups. I've got certain accountability groups that I meet with every single week that just helps me to to hold myself accountable and to know that I've got to continuously show up. It might be friends. It might be peers. It might be your boss. Let your boss know or let your boss in or let your team in to certain things that you're working on in your life so that they can support you. It might be planning simpler dinners or helping to manage expectations better. Help people help you. Help your spouse help you. Help your team help you. And know that a new habit takes time. It's a, it's a process. But who wouldn't want to help you be better, do better, live better? So ask people and engage people in this process. So here's an example of, of something that, that we've worked on just in my own life. So about a year, I guess almost a year and a half ago, I hadn't exercised in five years. And I know that seems like a lot, but it's just reality. I was working a lot and we moved a lot and we had a lot of kids and we had new jobs and and I'm not a huge exercise fan. That's not fun for me. So I would maybe walk once or twice on the weekends, but between the commute and everything, I just didn't have time. And I saw the toll that this was taking on my stress and on, on my body. So even just sharing that with my spouse, like I really want to figure out a way to exercise and take care of myself so I can be better for you and be better for my kids. So the only way we were able to figure that out was I was going to go to a 6 a.m. class at the gym two days a week and he was going to get to do the same thing. So two days he would go, two days I would go. And it just really allowed us to not just create that space and expectation so that in the mornings we knew how to handle the morning routine without the other person, but we're also motivating each other because he's showing up for his days. I only get two days. You only get two days. So making sure that we were, you know, that we were motivated to take advantage of those times and those days that we we did have. And, and of course, then the pandemic hit two months after that. But, you know, you, you get the point. You get the point. We did this for two months. But it's the, the point is just really engaging people in that process. And oftentimes, like in this situation, he wanted the same thing. And so it allowed us to support each other in those goals and in 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 health. Or another thing that I have made a really terrible mistake on is like taking donuts to the office when I had no idea people were trying to eat really healthier or trying to just take care of what they were putting in their body. I thought it would be a fun thing and it's actually inhibiting goals that they have. So engage people. People want to see you succeed. People want to help you. So, So let people be part of your journey. Also, number three, making it easier to do the good, like plan and prepare and organize. You've got to set that environment up. Maybe it's having the coffee ready so that 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 smell of coffee gets you out of bed. Um, Setting expectations so that others can support you. Maybe it's um, at work. Maybe it's your team. Maybe it's your spouse, you know, to help them come up with that solution for you or having something to help guide those conversations, but really help to set the stage, set the environment set the tone to make it easier to do the good things and to do the habit that you're trying to create and removing some of those barriers, like just getting them out of the way and make it easy to do the right things. Number four, schedule things and ask for help when you need it. And I know I talked about a little bit of this earlier, but going ahead and scheduling that that babysitter or putting that meeting on the calendar, it helps to put it in stone and make sure it happens when prior or previously we may have naturally gravitated towards 
avoiding those things because it required too much energy or too much work or it's just not something that we had at the top of our list, but yet we know it is in fact a priority. And lastly, don't obsess over that outcome. You'll miss so much of what happens in the journey to the outcome. It is important, however, to visualize that outcome. Like what would it feel like or um, what would it smell like or be like or feel like to be and to have that habit or to become that person that you're trying to become for for the people at home or the people at work or the people in your community or in your church or whatever that might be so you can visualize it and see it. But don't have this whole go big or go home mentality. That's what kills so many of the goals that we have. It's like we don't see this traction and so we just shut it down. Start small. And I know that if you're listening to this, you are a very highly motivated, high-performing person and you want to do good. And so when you start with those small things and you start to gain that momentum, it starts to to build upon itself. So start small, but envision big on what that could do for your reputation, your health, your marriage, your family, your job, your team, and let that vision be your guiding force. So go back and answer questions one, two, and three. What do I do almost every single day or week? List all of those things out and maybe even do this with your team or maybe even do this with your spouse. Number two, what do you avoid or or disengage with? Number three, have I built any habits that are unhealthy? You know, parentheses, anything like your marriage, your job, relationships, children, colleagues, well-being, etc. And then give yourself 12 to 24 hours to think about that. Let that uh, just marinate a little bit and soak in. Come back and answer the last question. What is the habit that I can work on developing to replace an old one or build a new one? And then embrace that process Remove those triggers and temptations to fail. Engage others in the process. Share, be open, be honest. Make it easier to do the good. Schedule things, make them happen, put them in stone and don't obsess over the outcome, but rather visualize that outcome. I hope today's episode has been helpful for you and hopefully just given you a few minutes to step back to really look in on these unconscious habits that you're developing. And I hope that as you go back and reflect on these and begin to implement these small but mighty changes in your life, that you and me and we can become better creatures of habit. Okay, my friends, the time has come. Here are today's truths and takeaways. Number one, take some time to step out for a second and reflect on the habits you have, good, bad, and ugly. Number two, put yourself 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now. Who do you want to become? What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be thankful you did? And what do you want to not regret? Identify how your current habits support that and or don't support that. Number three, pick the one thing, that one habit that you want to work on, share it, engage people in it, and set yourself up for success. And lastly, let us all become better creatures of better habits. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. So much more to come. Let me know what you think. I'd love for you to take a few quick seconds to share your thoughts. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing all the amazing things you do in every single arena of your life. Until next time.